This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. And it is Wednesday, which means it's time for Chip Chat with journalist Chip Gibbons. Hey, Chip. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Good to have you here. Uh, Let me put out a few disclaimers here quick. Uh, We are recording this chip chat uh, late afternoon on Tuesday. And given the way uh, news has been breaking over the last few days, I thought I would just inform listeners of that in case the president dies of COVID overnight and uh, people are wondering (laughs) why we're not talking about it on chip chat today. Uh, So apologies that we don't have uh, our hot takes ready in case the president succumbs to the virus overnight. Um, Or Mitch, do we have takes in case this happens? Chip? I don't want to jinx it. I'm not saying anything on this topic. uh, (laughs) Chip Chip has been quite restrained on Twitter on this issue, I have noticed. Uh, I'm I'm generally restrained on the issue of heads of state dying Mm. and it's an issue where i exercise considerable restraint in public commentary when it comes to taking on uh governments and their surveillance apparatuses or apparati uh uh chip apparatus c uh chip is a great chip is a courageous freedom fighter but uh, when it comes to shit posting and wishing President Trump dies of COVID, he is a coward. <laughs> I can live with that. I can live with that. I'm not much of a death wisher on, on anyone. I'm one of those people. So we're going to talk about um, some legislation on this week's edition of Chip Chat. Yeah. And I guess another disclaimer is... Um, we're going to end up giving some credit to Tulsi Gabbard, I'm sure, on this episode, despite her uh, her I don't know what her strategy is when she's promoting uh, right wing disinformation like the Veritas Project. We have uh, Congresswoman AOC on Twitter demanding that Tulsi apologize for her smears of Ilhan Omar. Um, but all this is is sort of besides the point of what we're going to talk about, and that is legislation to rein in the Espionage Act and protect whistleblowers. So where do we start, Chip? Well, let's start with the problem that a whistleblower indicted under the Espionage Act faces. If you are a whistleblower and you go to the New York Times, the District Sentinel, WikiLeaks, whatever, Intercept, to give information about an illegal or immoral government program, and you are found out, as is likely will happen because there's immense surveillance within the government, uh, and you are indicted under the Espionage Act, you have a tremendous uphill battle at trial. Uh, You're barred, basically, from presenting a meaningful defense. First and foremost, the Espionage Act does not allow for any sort of presentation of an affirmative defense that your act was in the public interest. I don't know if people necessarily understand what an affirmative defense is. Um, I used to teach criminal procedure to high school students, so let me try to summarize this succinctly. You know, the government has the burden to prove you committed the crime beyond a reasonable doubt, right? And if they fail to do that, that's basically a, a negative 
defense. An affirmative defense is more like like self-defense or necessity where you say, yes, I did those things, but here is something that, that sort of nullifies that or makes that not a crime. And, and, and in the affirmative defense, the burden of defense actually falls on the, the accused and, and not to prove and not the state to disprove. Um, on top of that, though, right, what, what, is, what is espionage under the Espionage Act? The language is something to the extent of, like, you had uh, the intent to aid a foreign power or harm national security, where you had the reason, reason to believe your action would do so. And the way reason to believe has been read into the statute is to basically sort of remove its specific intent uh, requirements so if you, you know, are a government employee, you signed a non-disclosure agreement, you were told if I give classified information out, it'll be very, very bad. You had reason to believe that, you know, bad things would happen. And, and therefore, you know, the whole issue of intent is completely irrelevant in, in an Espionage Act trial. And it merely falls under, you know, did you have these documents and did you give them to someone who wasn't supposed to have them? And if you're Edward Snowden, you've already admitted that. If you're Daniel Ellsberg, you've already admitted that. So what, what then are your hopes? And because all the government has to do is prove that you gave information to someone who wasn't supposed to have it, the media, the public, any information about why you did what you did or what you gave is considered irrelevant and is barred from, from being entered into court. So Daniel Ellsberg, uh, famous reading the Pentagon Papers whistleblower and first whistleblower indicted under the Espionage Act. He took the stand in his own defense and his attorney, a very famous radical lawyer, asked him, why did you copy the Pentagon Papers? And before he could ask, the judge intervened and barred him from answering the question, right? So you, you think about someone like an Edward Snowden, and I realize he would be tried in the Eastern District of Virginia, which raises its own problems, but pretend he's before a jury of normal people and not like, you know, CIA contractors, right? And what would you hear? Well, you would hear that Snowden gave this information. What was the results of it? Was U.S. national security damage? No, NSA concluded that. The NSA concluded, you know, there's this video he has pinned of the NSA person who led the investigation talking, right? The Russians didn't benefit from this. He didn't try to go to Russia. He was stranded there. Okay, so what did happen? Well, it was the basis for reporting that won a Pulitzer Prize. Congress passed a bill, the USA Freedom Act, which many civil liberties groups like Defending Rights and Dissent rightfully opposed, and we've been vindicated on that one. But nonetheless, Congress, many members claiming they didn't know this, passed a bill to, to amend this issue. And, and just last month, the Ninth Circuit ruled that the program was illegal and likely unconstitutional, and that they wouldn't have been able to rule on it without Snowden's disclosures. So you're hearing this person gave information to the media that resulted in Pulitzer Prize-winning journalism, legislative reform, and a judicial victory, and the government wants you to find him guilty of espionage? Like, like, come on. And, but the reality and this is, is that this, the- I'm sorry. This is something that Edward Snowden is well aware of. And when he's been interviewed about why he yes. doesn't come back to face trial, he says it would be an unfair trial because he can't mount a defense. And, and just to clarify, none of that information would ever reach the jury, which is my point, right? Like, you, the jury would never hear about that. The only issue is, was the information, you know, did Edward 
information to Glenn Greenwald, which, which he did. And so this is not a fair trial. It's a ridiculous trial. So there's two bills up for for consideration in this Congress, one of which was introduced by Tulsi Gabbard, and Tulsi Gabbard last week before introducing this bill praised Project Veritas, which is a, a, a reprehensible thing to do. I've had two different events of mine where Project Veritas has infiltrated them, likely someone accidentally almost invited Project Veritas people over to my house. They didn't come, thankfully. I, I, I take the issue of Project Veritas very seriously since they, you know, copied my notes on Des Capital. I, I don't know what they got out of doing that, but, you know, good for them. I mean, I, I've never, I mean, I've never faced like serious targeting, but I, I've been at meetings where they have infiltrated, right? Getting me fired from defending rights and dissent for a defending rights and dissent event would be a really difficult thing for them to do. Um, but but I, I, I don't take it lightly. The quote-unquote ballot harvesting is a right-wing voter suppression tactic. You know, there's there's no no defense of that sort of thing. Um, but on the issue of Snowden and Assange and whistleblowers and, and Chelsea Manning, she's been, I think, the only member of the Democratic caucus to be consistently correct who's currently elected, which is, you know, you, you look at, like, who is supporting Julian Assange internationally, it's Giannis Varoufakis, it's Jeremy Corbyn, it's John McDonnell, it's Lula, the former president of, of Brazil, it's Jean-Luc Mélenchon. And then in the U.S., I mean, he has more Republican supporters in Congress than Democratic members of Congress. It's really a depressing situation. So you work with what you've got here. But, you know, she introduced last week the Protect Brave Whistleblowers Act, and it is designed to address the problems faced by Snowden and and um, and Ellsberg deliberately. It's endorsed by Daniel Ellsberg and endorsed by Defending Rights and Dissent. And it, it does four things. First, it would require the government, in order to win an Espionage Act conviction, prove specific intent to harm national security or... Um, aid a foreign power, which is, in my opinion, what the Espionage Act should require, but courts disagree. And it's worth pointing out that, you know, Chelsea Manning, when she was court-martialed, she had pled guilty to a number of offenses that carried, like, 20 years in prison, and the government vindictively went along with this court-martial for the Espionage Act and for aiding the enemy, and she was found guilty of espionage, but she was acquitted of aiding the enemy, like even in a military court, which is, you know, not exactly uh, the most due process defendant uh, friendly body there is, you know, would not go along with aiding the enemy. So the specific intent requirement here, I think, is really uh, important, you know, and, and even if it doesn't include an affirmative public defense, it would open the door up to a negative one. But but Gabbard's bill also establishes an affirmative public defense, and it establishes a uh, right to testify about the purpose of your disclosures. So the jury will hear the, the things they wouldn't hear otherwise. Previously introduced in Congress was a bill by Representative Kahana and Senator Ron Wyden, called the Espionage Reform Act, which is very deliberately written to not help the Edward Snowdens and Daniel Ellsbergs of the world, hmm. but it would help Julian Assange and, you know, journalists. And what that bill does, the big thing it does, is it changes who is a covered person under the Espionage Act. 
So the Espionage Act would only apply to people with security clearances, government employees, government contractors who sign non-disclosure agreements, as well as foreign agents as defined in the FISA statute, which is the more narrow definition of foreign agent. So a journalist who publishes classified information would not be considered a covered person under the Espionage Act. And the thing that both bills do that seems like common sense but uh, isn't apparently is that if someone went to any, you could go to any member of Congress or the inspector general or the privacy and civil liberties oversight board or any other oversight bodies and give them information and you could not be charged under the Espionage Act for that, right? Like right now, if you're in theory, you could be charged under the Espionage Act for giving information to a member of Congress who did not have a security clearance, which is, you know, and the ones who do have security clearances are probably not the ones you want to bring information to, right? If I had information about war crimes, I would I would not take it to Diane Feinstein or Adam Schiff. I would I would want to take it to Ilan Omar or AOC or, or even Gabbard or Rand Paul, just but not not the people who have the security clearances. Uh, so that's a really important step. And realistically, you know, these bills are not going to pass. Uh, people are very focused on the election, but there's only ever been three bills to to amend the Espionage Act, two of them this session, for amendment for the better, right? And, and, and this is really a historic step. I, I don't think people realize how much of a burden it is even to get symbolic or marker legislation introduced in the Congress. And, and it sort of gives us a chance to talk about, you know, why these bills are necessary and then talk about, you know, what are the problems that, that Edward Snowden faces? What are the problems that Daniel Hale, who still has a pending Espionage Act um, trial for allegedly giving information about drone strikes coming up, right? And it gives the chance to talk about that, and it gives you something concrete to say to Congress. And Defending Rights and Dissent has an action alert that's going to be up by the time you, you're listening to this, asking you to write to your member of Congress to support both of these bills. And they wouldn't solve all of the problems in the world, right? There's still other issues whistleblowers face. There's still other issues with the Espionage Act. But this would be a really huge first step in sort of reining in the Espionage Act. And, you know, Daniel Ellsberg and Anthony Russo were the first people indicted under it. Between them and Obama, no, only one person was indicted under the Espionage Act for giving information to the media. He was indicted under Reagan. Bill Clinton pardons him at Daniel Patrick Moynihan's urging because it's such a bizarre thing to do. And it was like, this is not normal. And now it is, thanks to Obama, the go-to weapon against whistleblowers. And Trump, obviously, or the Trump administration, I don't think Trump has could even tell you what the Espionage Act is, um, is, is, is using this in a really, you know, continuously dangerous way. So this is a really important way of fighting back and reframing things. And I, I strongly urge people to support these two bills. Uh, it was very cool of President Obama to create the template for the <clears throat> Espionage Act uh, prosecutions that President Trump's DOJ happily, happily picked up uh, and ran to the copying machine. 
Uh, Chip, I know there's also at least one Republican co-sponsoring this bill. I think Thomas Massey of Kentucky. So, so they're not sponsoring the bill. Gabbert has introduced, along with the bill, two resolutions, one calling for the charges to be dropped against Snowden, one calling for the charge to be dropped against Assange. Each of those bills has one Republican co-sponsor, but there are no co-sponsors, Republican or Democratic, for her bill to actually amend the Espionage Act. And while I, I think Congress passing a resolution in support of Snowden or Assange would be wonderful, the, 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 the act is what, what we really, really need. And there's just no one who in the Republican caucus who was willing to co-sponsor that with her. Um, AOC has never spoken, I don't believe, for Snowden or Assange, but she has made comments about Reality Winner and Chelsea Manning and very broad comments about the Espionage Act being used to prosecute whistleblowers that would indicate that she is. She should be on board. I, I have reason to believe that Representative Omar is is sympathetic to some of these concerns. So I would like to, in a, the next Congress, when hopefully we don't have Donald Trump as president, to see you know the squad or someone on the left pick up pick up this issue and run with it and like actually join the rest of the international left in being horrified with the fact that the US government is persecuting people for exposing its crimes, right? It, it shouldn't be like Gats and Massey and Lula and Melanchon and Corbyn and Correa and Morales support and Veris Falcus support Assange, right? That's that's not that's not, you know, I'm, I Republicans want them. I'm not going to stop them, but like the U.S. left needs to get its shit together here on this issue. It's a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, and I think the shocking thing about it is just how often throughout its history, the Espionage Act has been used in this way to go after. You know, it's not like it's only being reserved for Aldrich Ames or Robert Hansen or somebody. Um, since its inception, it's been used to target. Uh, dissenting political thought. I mean, uh, Eugene Dabbs, uh, Debs, <laughs> I said, <Eugene> Dabbs. <laughs> uh, I think there's a Twitter handle, Eugene Dabbs. Um, also, I'm, I'm a sure fan of Dabbs, but, uh, you know, Emma Goldman, um, and also whistleblowers and, and, and journalists, as we, as we've talked about, um, can just as a, wonky aside, right, the dead types of prosecutions are no longer possible today because the Supreme Court changed the standard for convicting someone for what they call a pure speech crime under the F even before they did the Brandenburg ruling, which hmm. would have foreclosed those types of prosecutions, they read in specific intent on pure speech crimes in, during World War II, and that's why people weren't prosecuted under the Espionage Act for opposing that war. Um, so, I mean, it's still on the books, but it's no longer applied in that way because of the types of reforms that we're advocating for here. But go on, go on. Well, I just, yeah, I was just going to say that um, as a result of these reforms, that could effectively put an end to this because, I mean, once 
once people are able to to put forward an affirmative defense and win a case based on that, it almost becomes useless for the government to bring these charges. Yeah, I mean, whoever knows what the government's going to do. I didn't think they would bring conspiracy to commit felony rioting charges against 214 people whose names they couldn't even get in an indictment. And, yeah. certainly and then do it again, of, you know, and lose and then yeah, try to do it yeah. again. You know, it, 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 I, I never want to say something is the end all be all solution because the government finds ways to surprise me. But, you know, making it more difficult for them to do bad things is always a good idea. I'm not one of those people who's willing to say, here's the one neat trick that ends, you know, the surveillance state because the surveillance state is very flexible. The government's very flexible. Juries can buy some strange arguments sometimes, but right. Having to prove the person is a foreign agent or had the intent to harm the national security of the U S or aid a foreign power. And the jury has to, before making a decision, listen to why they did what they did. That is a huge burden for a conviction. And I would hope that the federal government would not even bother to pursue indictments under those circumstances. Because, you know, not that I think whistleblowers should be in jail, but Chelsea Manning pled guilty to non-espionage act, non-aiding the enemy charges that carried up to 20 years in prison. That would have been a ridiculous sentence, but she did that and the government still went after her under the fucking Espionage Act and the Aiding the Enemy Act. It's just, or not aiding, aiding the enemy charge. It's just mind-boggling. And this idea that we shouldn't try people as spies who are sources for journalists who win big prizes, it's, it's not even like, I don't even feel like this should be a controversial issue, but, you know, up on Capitol Hill, common sense doesn't exist, I guess, uh, or I, I don't know. Well, I don't it's know all about making talking. examples out of people. Yeah, yeah, no, yes. I mean, Chelsea Manning was tortured. She got the longest sentence of anyone ever for giving information to the media. It was commuted, but she still did more time in prison than anyone else for that, for that so-called crime. Her sentence was very unusual. She was then, you know, hauled before a grand jury for, for, for no practical purpose because she had already testified under oath extensively and then put back into solitary confinement and basically retortured again, right? Like the government is clearly intent on making an example out of Chelsea Manning. You know, Bernie Sanders has said that Edward Snowden should get a plea deal so he could avoid, or a commutation, so he could avoid excessive time in jail or an unfair sentence, right, whatever. I don't think Snowden should have to plead guilty to anything. But right, the government could make a deal with, with Snowden. And from their perspective, there's probably legitimate reasons why they might not want a former person with all this access to secret information in, in Russia, right? Like a, a rational state might say, okay, Edward Snowden, come home now. And they're never going to do that because it is purely about vindictiveness. It is purely about squashing out the public's right to know what crimes their government commits. And it is just sickening. It is. Uh, Chip Gibbons, 
the policy director over at Defending Rights and Dissent, although he speaks on his own behalf when he appears with us here on Chip Chat. I uh, speak on behalf of all freedom-loving people when I come on Chip Chat. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> That's right. Well, maybe maybe you could claim that if you were uh, joining Sam and I in our, uh, our wishes for the president here. Ah, getting news that Eddie Van Halen has died. Dang. Now Eddie, that is not that? good. Eddie what? Van Halen. Wow. 65. He's had cancer yeah. a lot, right? He had throat cancer in the 90s, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry to end this on a uh, sour note. You can follow Chip on Twitter at Chip. What is it? I, now I forgot it. I got it every. Chip Gibbons 89. I'm sitting here not not intervening, and it's Chip Gibbons 89. There it is. There it is. And you can check out his podcast, Still Spying, right? Yes, you can. Still, still going on. What's what's the new new episode about? Uh, we're a little bit behind, but we're going to be coming out soon with the episode about the FBI's Ku Klux Klan informant Gary Gary. Bro. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I remember it's we talked about that. Time, it's coming. Yep, the guy with the mask, the guy who testified yes. with the silly mask on. Chip, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's do this again next week. We'll do it again next week. Yeah, have a good one.